Summer is here, and we're as busy as ever at the DSR Network. Our podcast schedule has expanded to include the DSR Daily Brief, DSR Foreign Policy, DSR Politics, the DSR Spy Show, Words Matter, Foreign Office with Michael Weiss, Next in Foreign Policy, and The Secret Life of Cookies. To celebrate our expansion, we're bringing you this special offer. Through the month of June, membership is 50% off. Members receive an ad-free listening experience, bonus content across all of our podcasts, an evening newsletter, an invitation to join the DSR Slack community, and more. To take advantage of this offer, visit thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and enter code DSRexpands, all one word. That's thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and code DSRexpands. Thank you for your support. It's July 3rd, 2023, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Chris Cotnor. And I'm Riley Fessler. Our top stories from international outlets this morning. Israeli military forces launched air raids and a ground operation on the Janine refugee camp in the occupied West Bank, resulting in the deaths of at least seven Palestinians and the injury of dozens more. The attacks involved missile strikes and the deployment of armored vehicles, causing significant damage to homes and roads. The Israeli army enforced a siege on the camp, closing off all entrances and conducting house raids and arrests. The Palestinian Red Crescent Society appealed for a safe passage to evacuate the wounded while hospitals in the area struggled to provide necessary care due to the ongoing violence. Residents accused Israel of collective punishment and targeting both people and infrastructure within the camp. The deputy governor of Janine condemned the actions as terrorism and criticized the silence of Arab governments and human rights organizations. Yevgeny Prigozhin's media holding group, Patriot Media, is shutting down, according to the director of one of its outlets. The closure comes after the collapse of a mutiny staged by Wagner Group Fighters, a private military company associated with Prigozhin. In a video announcement, RIAFAN director Yevgeny Zubarev stated that the decision was made to close down and leave the country's information space without providing a specific reason. Patriot Media, known for its pro-Kremlin stance, has provided positive coverage of Prigozhin and Wagner Group while promoting a strongly nationalist editorial line. Russian media outlets linked to Prigozhin were reportedly blocked by the country's communications watchdog. It has also been reported that Prigozhin's alleged troll factory, which aimed to influence public opinion in foreign countries, including the United States, has been disbanded. Despite not officially outlawing the Wagner Group, Russian President Vladimir Putin announced an investigation into the finances of Prigozhin's catering firm, claiming that Wagner and its founder had received nearly $2 billion U.S. billion from Russia in the past year. The State Department issued an after-action review on Afghanistan, which provides a self-critique of the Biden administration's handling of the end of the war. The review acknowledges specific errors made and highlights lessons learned from the experience. It was undertaken at the direction of Secretary of State Blinken, who aimed to improve the State Department's preparedness for future crisis situations. The report identifies factors contributing to the chaos in Afghanistan, including the challenges of winding down a 20-year operation in a short period, 
the impact of the COVID pandemic, difficulties in confirming senior officials, and the sudden collapse of the Afghan government. One major finding of the report is that there was insufficient consideration of worst-case scenarios and the speed at which they might occur during both the Trump and Biden administrations. Inadequate preparation for the pressure the military withdrawal would place on the State Department personnel was also cited. The report emphasizes the heroism of the officials who remained in Afghanistan and the success of the airlift, which evacuated 125,000 people. However, it criticizes the department for not establishing a broader task force and not naming a high-level official to oversee the crisis response. Elsewhere, violent protests in France triggered by the shooting of teenager Nahel M. during a police traffic stop appear to be calming after five days of unrest. Over 150 arrests were made on Sunday night, a significant decrease from the over 700 arrests the previous night. Calls for an end to the violence have been made, including by Nahel's family, and mayors have urged people to gather outside town halls to protest the violence and looting. The Association of the Country's Mayors issued a press release expressing concerns over the degradation of society and the targeting of Republican symbols with extreme violence. The riots have resulted in damage and attempted arson at various town halls across France. However, there has been a decrease in the number of incidents reported, with fewer cars set on fire and fewer buildings damaged compared to previous days. President Emmanuel Macron is scheduled to meet with the mayors of affected areas this week. Victoria Amelina, a well-known Ukrainian writer, died from injuries sustained in a Russian missile strike on a restaurant in eastern Ukraine. She was dining with the Colombian delegation when the attack occurred, resulting in the deaths of 13 civilians. Amelina, who was 37 years old, was treated for severe injuries, but passed away on Saturday. Her death has deeply affected Ukraine's writing and journalism community, which has already lost many members since the start of Russia's invasion. Amelina was recognized for her novels, children's books, poems, and essays, and she has been actively documenting Russian war crimes and investigating human rights violations in Ukraine. Elon Musk's decision to impose temporary limits on the number of tweets users can read on Twitter could hinder the efforts of the company's new CEO, Linda Yaccarino, to attract advertisers. Musk announced the move to discourage excessive data scraping and system manipulation. However, users have reported being unable to view any tweets, including those from corporate advertisers, after hitting the limit. This poses a challenge for Yaccarino, who has been working to repair relationships with advertisers who pulled away from the platform after Musk's acquisition last year. Industry professionals have criticized Musk's decision, stating that it exacerbates the existing trust deficit with advertisers. The move may further discourage advertisers from returning to the platform, which was already a challenging task. Experts warn that capping user views could have catastrophic effects on Twitter's ad business. The restrictions were implemented shortly after Twitter required users to log in to view tweets, which must describe as a temporary emergency measure to combat data scraping. In lighter news, Australian radio personality Mario Beeks broke the Guinness World Record for hosting the longest audio-only live stream. Beeks, originally from Croatia and a host on Alive 90.5 FM, conducted a marathon talk show lasting 55 hours and 26 minutes. The record-breaking attempt did not include music, commercials, or public calls, making it an unusual radio show. Beeks interviewed guests and offered advice to the audience 
during the broadcast with a doctor present to monitor his health. The previous record of 53 hours and one minute was set in 2020 by British radio hosts Matt Hall and Dan Ramsden. That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief. If you'd like more in-depth analysis of these issues, along with our sources for today's episode, be sure to follow the links in the show notes and tune in to our sister podcasts on the DSR Network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief. And to our U.S. listeners, happy 4th of July.